Pure Wow presents Stream On, your weekly download of TV and streaming news and reviews. And now, your hosts, Phil Mutz, Pure Wow's VP of News and Entertainment, and Rachel Golmi, Pure Wow's Managing Editor of Branded Content. Oh, hey, episode three. Hey there, Rachel. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh, you know, just a week full of TV. Oh, my gosh, I know. And as far as I know, don't quote me on this, but I, so far, I don't think anybody's slapped anybody this week. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, just, laugh. we're crushing it this week. I mean, we can laugh. I mean, if we can't laugh, we're just going to cry. So exactly. <laughs> we have so much to get to today. Uh, so we have the Netflix movie about making a movie in a pandemic starring every famous person. Another high-profile case gets the TV. TV treatment. The Jon Snow show you've never heard of. And the dark comedy you'll binge in one sitting. This just in. This week's streaming news. Princess Diana's brother is getting a TV movie deal. Deadline just revealed that Charles Spencer's book To Catch a King is being adapted for the screen and tells the dramatic story of 21-year-old King Charles II, who desperately tries to evade the army after the monarchy is overthrown. And for more royal news, check out our sister podcast, Royally Obsessed. Hold on to your dance cards. The cast for Bridgerton's prequel has been announced. The untitled show will focus on Queen Charlotte's rise to power and her marriage to King George. India Amartifio from Sex Education is set to play young Queen Charlotte, and Golda Rochevel is reprising her role as the queen we know and love from the original series. Squid Game director Huang Dong-hyuk has a new film in development that is, quote, more violent than Squid Game. The director said the project, and no, this is not a joke, is the Killing Old People Club, and teased that he may have to hide from old people when the film finally comes out. In the meantime, he predicts Squid Game Season 2 will hit Netflix in 2024. That's so messed up. So messed up. <laughs> Harrison Ford is starring in a TV series for the first time in, uh, ever. Best known for his roles in film franchises like Indiana Jones and Star Wars, Ford will be coming to the small screen as Dr. Phil Rhodes, a down-to-earth, sharp-as-attack, blue-collar shrink in Jason Siegel's new 10-episode Apple TV Plus comedy, Shrinking. I want to know what we watched this week. The hits of the week! So, Rachel, what was your hit? Okay, my hit was my homework from last week, Severance. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. Oh, I know. I'm so happy. I have to admit, I only watched one episode. I only had time to watch it. Fine, and I fine, started fine. the second. It's just so good. I uh-huh. mean, we, we spoke about it in the last two episodes, but anyone who hasn't watched it or seen it online, it's about a man who leads an office team and everyone in the office, they had a surgical procedure that severs their personal and work lives. And... I the whole time that I was watching it, I kept thinking to myself, would I want this to happen? Would I want to be severed? I, I don't know. Would you feel? I because I know you've watched it. I love that you love this too. Uh, I really hope people are taking our word for it and are diving in. I, I think it's an interesting question because obviously the show focuses on like a severed brain for like a work or personal life. But if this were like actually possible, this surgery, you could technically do this for anything that was just like tragic you could sever a memory you could sever anything you didn't want to do right yeah like, you could just be a different person for a whole portion of your life of anything you don't want to do i know that like that probably people think like oh maybe that's work so that's why this you know the concept, concept yeah. of the show but i don't know i don't want to say never because i'm sure there are some things in life that i just wouldn't want to do uh, the one thing, though, the way that the first episode ended, I just have to say, <laughs> Patricia Arquette, who plays um, his boss, 
Coble, she she creeps me out, I have to say. And and not even just in this. There's other roles that she's played, and I'm just like, oh man, like she really, she just like jumps through the screen if you you know what i mean yeah she just has such a presence about her i really love yeah. her and she has in this show her character has such a um it's a it's a very affected way of speaking too where she just talks very <laughs> proper and it's in a very interesting take on this character i'm really excited to see what happens with her in the season finale i know you're only I know, don't. I have to try to refrain from reading anything because I can't. Season finale just dropped, so we Uh, got to check it out. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch. What's your hit? Okay, so I've mentioned this in past weeks, but I'm really super into Life and Beth on Hulu. It's the Amy Schumer show, and it's great. So Amy Schumer, she, you know, she usually has her normal shtick and all of that. And for the record, I love that normally. But this is a very, like, slice of life raw but funny show um it also stars michael Sarah, who we all know and love from arrested development and she plays a liquor rep whose mom has just passed away and so it's basically what what ensues and what happens after her mom's death um which happens in the first episode what what i love about it are the performances and the tone of the whole thing so the mm. performances like I said, she's not doing her her normal, you know, like wink to camera shtick that I really do <laughs> like. And she's very good at it. And she's so funny. But this is so much more subtle. And it's really, she's just showing off her acting chops in a really great way. I think she's phenomenal in it. And I don't know if you saw, they had this, there was an HBO documentary about her life not that long ago called Expecting Amy. I don't know if you watched it. I have it, but I, I've watched the trailers. It's still streaming on HBO Max, but it it kind of follows her difficult pregnancy, her life with her husband, her working on a comedy special. And that also was very raw. And I loved watching that too. And obviously that was true life. And this is uh, fiction. However, she did create this show. So you mm. can totally see this like, inspiration from her own life in this show as well. It's, I, I think, really well done. And and one of my favorite parts is an, another performance is Michael Sarah, And he plays this quirky farmhand who works at a winery. And it's, again, very different than what he usually plays. It's very, mm. it's not that, like, that awkward uh, teen that we're just so used to from, you know, all of his, like, yeah. initial <laughs> roles. He, it's very, just a, a very quirky man. And Schumer, like I said, she created the show, but she said uh, in an interview that Sarah's character is most likely on the spectrum, but they don't address that in the show. But that's interesting because as we learn in the documentary and we've read the news, uh, her real life husband, Chris Fisher, was diagnosed with autism several years ago. So it's an interesting, Mm. so it makes you think that she's really drawing on her own personal experiences as she kind of created this relationship between her character and Michael Sarah's character in the show. It's very simple and straightforward, this show, but really heartfelt and relatable. I'm only seven seven episodes in, so I have three left, and I cannot recommend it enough. You're only seven episodes I know, I know. (laughs) Basically done. It's hard to watch 10 episodes, you know. It It is. I'm getting there. I'm sure I'll finish it before next week, and I'll report back if it it goes off the rails, but something tells me it won't. I'm very excited for for the end. I'm glad to hear that you like this show, because I watched the trailer for it, and I don't think I'm the biggest Amy Schumer fan. Hey, uh, question mark there because there's some things that she does that I'm like, oh, that was good, and others I'm just like, eh. but I, so that's why I was like, I'm gonna kind of skip it. But I'm happy that you liked it because maybe I will give it a shot. Yeah, and I think if if you are somebody who's generally off put by her in your face personality in most things, that is like the Amy Schumer show that she had her comedy mm-hmm. show. This is not that at all. I think you can you I think. 
this is for you. This is more going to be your speed. Okay. I'm going to have to add it to my ever ever long list. That never stops. It just keeps growing. <laughs> but luckily, not everything uh, should be on everyone's list. So what did we hate this week? Misses of the Week. My miss of the week, and I actually had a really hard time whether or not this should be my hit or my miss, but I decided to put it as my miss, and I'm still I'm still going back and forth. But it's the girl from Plainville um, on Hulu. Have you watched mm, it? No, but I or know this you know story. Okay. Of course. Please tell me, tell me, tell so, me. So it's a scripted limited series about the whole Michelle Carter case, which anyone who's not familiar, um, it's the texting suicide case. And she was the... F- basically the first person ever to be convicted of involuntary manslaughter by text message. I definitely remember, obviously, this case in real life. So I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts on it because this was was a landmark case where she – you can read the text messages she was sending to this guy who presumably was her boyfriend, Conrad, just basically saying, kill yourself. And it goes on – they go on for a while and they're very graphic and you can Google them and they're they're really rough – But it's very clear. And I remember at the time, you know, society was not on her side in this case. Everyone was very much like, I can't believe this girl sent these things to this guy who was clearly going through mental health issues and then who killed himself. I guess I want to know. So we we know the backstory, but like, what about the performances? It's Elle Fanning, who looks pretty much unrecognizable as Michelle Carter. Yeah, it's actually kind of crazy. The whole makeup and costume department, they ended up finding the exact pieces that she wore throughout the trial. And I love when shows do that when they're so accurate. So that's that's why I liked the show because of her performance. And that's why I was maybe going to put it as my hit. But the reason that I'm putting it as my miss is because this is basically like a scripted version of the documentaries that have been out about her. And I kind of want to know why did she do these things or why did she send these text messages? They don't really dive into that, I guess. And like the motive quote behind it. Mm. So I was, that's what I was kind of missing. And I'm just like, okay, I could have just watched the documentary to get like the real story. Yeah. I guess that's a hard thing that I I feel like with all these like true crime shows is if you're not going to add anything, did we really need a dramatized version of this? Exactly. We just need to give Elle Fanning an Emmy just because like we really, unless you're adding something to what we already know, then why are we doing this? Exactly. And that's, that's why it's my miss. I have a lot of thoughts on this whole case anyway. Like she, so she went to jail, but she's already out on probation. Yeah. And I was looking this up. So according to Harper's Bazaar, the second her probation is over, which is I think in August, she's going to be able to make money off of her story. So she is now going to be this like rich, famous person who can like, like all of these, it just makes me so angry that like they can capitalize on crime to write a book and then maybe be on TV and they'll probably get an agent. It's like, it's like the Tinder swindler, like that guy who like is going to get a a dating show. Like it's it's so obnoxious that this is even a possibility. (laughs) And yeah, we're not here to debate the criminal justice system, but I can't believe she's already out on probation after this. It feels like it just happened. It was only a couple years ago. It happened in 2014. And then um, in 2017 is when they had the trial. And the whole thing is just honestly nuts. It's hard for me to even wrap my head around. Hey, they they can't all be winners. And you know what? Sometimes they're middle of the road. And that's almost worse, too, if it's not like a clear miss. Because sometimes you just want to hate watch something, which is maybe a segue (laughs) into what my miss of the week is, which I super hate watched because I hated it. It's The Bubble on Netflix. So this is the new Judd Apatow movie. He, obviously, the guy behind 40-Year-Old Version, Knocked Up, Funny People, and more. He wrote and directed this 
movie called The Bubble, and it has a lot of famous people in it. Um, and it's a movie about a group of actors trying to make a blockbuster film during the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic. So basically, this cast gets together and they're going to make Cliff Beasts 6, which Cliff Beasts are like a bunch of like flying dinosaurs. So they're going to make this movie during the pandemic. And that's the concept. And I actually, my positives for this movie are the concept, which I thought was a cool idea, and the cast. The cast is all-star. It's got Karen Gillan, who is the female lead, if you saw the new Jumanji movies with The Rock. Yes. Or she's also Guardians of the Galaxy. She plays Nebula, the blue like robot uh, sister of Gamora. We have David Duchovny from X-Files and Californication. Leslie Mann, who's married to Judd Apatow, but she's in Knocked Up. This is 40, all of those. Pedro Pascal from Mandalorian. Keegan-Michael Key, Fred Armisen, Kate McKinnon. And then there's like cameos from all these famous people like John Cena, John Lithgow, Benedict Cumberbatch. Like it's really a lot of famous people in one movie. And it's just not funny. Oh, my gosh. And I, I think you can probably tell from just watching the preview how unfunny it is. But because <laughs> That's of, how I was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly. But, but with all that star power behind it, you think, okay, and I like a Judd Apatow movie, so maybe this will be a hit. And it is it's funny for about 30 minutes, and then it really nosedives after that. It just it stops making any sense. That's the worst. It is. And it, it just felt very much like there was no plan um, like the scenes become kind of random and the actors are always yelling at each other. Like each scene is like a fight or an argument. And it's really hard to keep track of which characters like which other characters and which ones hate other characters. It, it's really hard to keep track of anything, frankly, in the movie. <laughs> so the performances are not the problem. It's really a lack of coherent story or even one single type of humor. You know, like, like when you watch a scary movie, like when you watch scary movie, I mean, like the, the spoof movie, you know what genre of comedy you're mm -hmm. getting. You're just getting stupid slapstick. Like she's going to get hit in the face with a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like that's like, you know what you're getting. But this, it just like changed. It was like trying to be like witty. And then it's like super over the top. Then it's absurdist. Like, I mean, there's just no coherent plot or type of humor. And then, and it feels very long. And then what could have been a very clever ending, which I'm not going to spoil, even though I should, because it doesn't matter. You shouldn't watch this. It was there was a very interesting what I thought way to wrap it up, but the movie had been so bad to get there that I just didn't care. And I went, oh, who cares at this point? Like, it doesn't matter if this is clever at the end. It just didn't matter. And then they go into the credits, and there's like a credit scene where they have like a couple lines of dialogue where they're basically they're talking about Cliff B's six, but they're talking about the movie that we're watching, where they're basically like well, maybe the movie isn't good, but at least it's a distraction. And isn't that all what we what we all need right now? I'm like, oh, wait, you just then undercut everything you just did, even though it wasn't good, by saying like, hey, at least we did something, right? Like, hey, we gave you some, <laughs> some content. I don't need some content. Get out of yeah. here. There's enough to watch. I don't need you to make a two-hour movie with all these famous people and trick me into watching this. I can be distracted elsewhere. Thank you very much. Exactly. And from the um, the trailer, it's like you said, all happening in the pandemic. And I think we we spoke about this, but I watch TV to escape. I don't need to be watching a movie how they're all in mm -hmm. like their PPE and COVID and testing. And we live COVID. I don't need to watch. It. Yeah, and I I thought what an interesting idea, something that we didn't get to see the behind the scenes of making a movie during COVID. Like this could True. be this could be ripe for either dramatic material or in this case, what was hoping to be comedic material. It yeah. was not. Uh, and I think oh you're right. Gosh. If their whole point was we made this movie to be a distraction, 
you didn't distract us from the pandemic. You just put it in our face some more. <laughs> yeah, front like, and center. Oh, God. <laughs> skip, skip, skip. And that brings us to uh, a positive segment of the week, which is criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. So in this segment, we like to talk about a show that is obviously, duh, criminally underrated. Um, So what is a show that people don't talk about enough or give enough credit to? What's your pick? My pick is Search Party on HBO Max. Mm, have you heard of it? I have heard of it, but I haven't watched okay. it. Tell me more. So it was actually recommended to me by um, Pure Wow's food editor, Catherine Gillen. And it is just such a ride. <laughs> it's uh, the fifth and final season just was dropped on HBO back in January. And I actually haven't even watched it yet because I know I'm going to be sitting there for hours just watching it because that's what happened to me with the season before. But it's a dark comedy about these four friends, uh, 20-somethings. They graduated college. And one an old college acquaintance of theirs goes missing. And one of the friends, played by Alia Shawkat, from, she played Maybe in Arrested Development. Love her. She is kind of the main character, I guess. She's kind of like, um, she takes on like Walter White Breaking Bad kind of power trip, if oh, you're familiar oh, with yeah, his character. Of course, yeah, yeah. So interesting. I, I'll be honest. The last season, so season four, was a bit of a departure from the first three. I still liked it. So I'm a little weary going into season five, the last one. We'll see. But I did watch it. I stayed up until 3 a.m. because I, I had to finish it. Like I had to. Yeah. It's just, it's wild. I, I, honestly, I don't even want to like say too much yeah. because no, you I, just have to kind of dive in, but it's good. Because you know I'm obsessed with a murder mystery. Obviously, I, all I talk about are murder mysteries on the show, apparently. Uh, is it a murder mystery or is, is I, I don't, you don't have to spoil it, but. It's not. Okay. No, they basically, these friends are just trying to find their old college acquaintance, but they, you know, down the line, they kind of discover other things and go on different paths. And each of the friends are very they're very like they're all narcissistic. <laughs> One of the guys in it actually from the the after party, John Early. He oh, he's the, great. he plays the detective. Yeah, with uh, Tiffany Haddish, yeah. His character in Search Party is amazing and it's I like want to be friends with him but I shouldn't because he's also awful at the same time. Well, there's something really fun. I mean, speaking of arrested development, there's something really fun about watching awful characters, right? Yeah. If you do it in a funny way, I mean, every every person on Arrested Development was a narcissist, but yeah, it was oh. fun to watch that show. So interesting. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to give this a shot. You have to. But I'm saying, like, dedic- carve out your whole day, night, because you're just going to get sucked okay. in. It's so good. It's so good. So Town & Country called this the smartest and most relevant show on TV right now, which is huge praise for a show that... I mean, I do think qualifies as criminally underrated because I have not heard people talking about it in the same way that... Yeah. At the moment, now everybody's talking about Severance. I have not heard them talking about the show. So, okay, I need to dive in. It also has a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. So also criminally underrated and happens to be uh, aptly titled is Criminal, colon, United Kingdom on Netflix. So I don't know if you've heard of this show. I have. You have? Okay. I am obsessed with it. And I, I, I just stumbled on it while I was just watching, you know, Netflix. And it's like, oh, what to watch? And I saw a, like a thumbnail of like Kit Harrington, who plays Jon mm-hmm. Snow on Game of Thrones. I went, what the hell is this show? It's so good. So each episode uh, features the same group of British investigators interviewing a single suspect. So like each episode is a different actor playing the suspect um, re- involving a potential crime. And, and that's it. That's the whole concept. The episode takes place in the interrogation room and in the adjoining room, and that's it. 
So we we don't ever, it's not a big budget show. It's very simple. So it's all very acting and script based. And it is brilliant. And Netflix has expanded it. So there are four franchises. So there's mm. Criminal United Kingdom, Criminal France, Criminal Spain, and Criminal Germany. I have not watched the other three yet, but Criminal United Kingdom is so good. Some of the cases, for example, uh, a woman who's being treated as a supporting witness in a murder case, a man accused of rape, an online vigilante who outed a potential pedophile. So there's like a lot of like really interesting and they tackle like nuanced stories. It's not just, are you a murderer? You know, it's much more involved. (laughs) What I love about it is if you love a gripping crime drama, this is going to be for you. The acting is stellar, um, particularly because the show brings in incredible talent for the to play these suspects who are being questioned. So Kit Harrington, obviously, um, Sophie Okonedo from Death on the Nile. We have David Tennant. I don't know if you know David Tennant, who was in Broadchurch also, which is one of my favorite yes. murder mystery series of all time, starring Olivia Coleman. And that's on Amazon Prime Video. Maybe we'll talk about that another week, but watch Broadchurch also. Holy crap. So all of this like star power. And it's really just a, a roller coaster ride because it it's just a scene where they're sitting and it's just dialogue. You don't get cutaways to the dramatic action, and there's just a lot of twists. I I really highly recommend if you like a psychological thriller, a crime drama, all of those things. If you liked Mindhunter or like The Sinner, this is this is up your gonna be up your alley. I did watch one episode and I I don't think it was the Kit Harrington one. I want to say she had red hair. I don't even remember. I watched it a really long time ago because it's not a newer show, right? Yeah. So it's on the newer side in general. But no, I think the second season came out in like 2020. So it's newer, but not like, you know, post-pandemic. I have to give it another shot because I only watched the one episode and I liked it. But I think I was maybe I just wasn't in the mood to watch it because I I was probably imagining something a little bit more. I don't know, like Law and Order or something where there are Yeah, you're going to cut all over the place. Yeah, there's a lot of action. No, this is very acting-based, yeah. I like that, though. I like the idea of that. And that means that the actors in the room have to be good because then they have to captivate everybody. Totally. And you get the – it's really like there's such a small room, so you get the camera really in their face and you just get – they go on these journeys, these emotional journeys, just such fabulous performances. I really think you should give it a, a second shot or at least watch a second episode. Maybe you okay, just didn't I'm like that have to case, add that to my list but, now. <laughs> yeah. But bump it to the top. This is a good one. And before we also depart from this segment, I also just want to I want to mention one show that our Purewell's very own Karel McKay, our assistant editor of News and Entertainment, she just wrote a piece on a, another show for Purewell called... HBO Max's love life is painfully underrated and it deserves more love. So uh, if you haven't heard of this, you probably, you're nodding at me. So you, you've you heard of this. It's so good. Okay. It's so, so good. I had it. I, I didn't know about this. I had seen it and I was like, this can't be good because no one's talking about it. But if it's really good and our assistant editor of News and Entertainment agreed, it's a scripted anthology season. Each follows uh, one protagonist's journey from first love to last love. Season one is Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect and season two is William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. Have you watched both seasons? I did. Yeah, it's it's really really good. I know. I actually I should have found this as my hey. You my can underrated. have more than one. That's fine. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I that's another one that you can easily binge. It's the two seasons are tied together, so I wouldn't watch the second season without seeing the first. It's not you know it's not like you're really going to be missing things, but they are a little bit tied. It's really really good. It's it's a journey of love, which I'm not a romantic, which we talked about. I'm going to give myself episode, some homework. I'm going to check it out for next week. I'm going to watch. I want to watch me a little love life. 
Okay, cool. I'm, everything I, I recommend is like a dark murder mystery or like a crime drama. I feel drama. like me too, though. You know, so I, I, I need to watch something a little lighter. So okay. I'll, give, I'll give Love Life a, a shot before, before next week. Yeah, let me know what you think of it. All right, Rachel, what'd you learn? What we learned. I need to chop away at my to-watch list because I just have so many shows on there. I learned that when we give each other homework, like Severance or The After Party, we come back and have very strong feelings about those shows. So I think we're doing a good job with our homework assignments. Agreed. Well, until next week, Rachel, keep on streaming. That's it for Stream On. Follow us on Instagram at shows and at PureWow. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stream On is a PureWow and Gallery Media Group production.